Open up your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. It's on page 707 in the Pew Bibles. Mark chapter 1. How many of you, when you were younger, used to play Simon Says? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, that was always fun. I always enjoyed that. You know, it's one of those gotcha games, you know. you got to listen to Simon Says do this, and you better do it. And if you don't do it, then you're out. You know what I want to think about today, and I want you to kind of ponder as we walk through this. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? And is it different than being a believer? I think you'd probably agree with this, that a believer is one who has come to that point in their life of saying, I trust that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that he died on the cross to forgive me for my sins, and I'm forgiven not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus did for me. Would you agree with that? That's a believer in Christ. And I trust this morning that you're a believer. Now, some of you may not. You still may be wrestling with that. And I'd say, come to grips with that one. Because none of us can get to heaven based on what we do, but it's based on what Jesus has already done for us. But I think the challenge comes is when we say, now that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, now what? And I think for a lot of people, you get stuck right there, and you stop instead of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. And there really is a difference between being a believer and being a follower. Now, you can be a believer and a follower, but you can't always be a... Let me make sure you say this right. You can be a believer and not necessarily a follower, but if you're a follower, you're probably a believer. Did you follow that? I don't want to say it again because I won't do it right. I hope you know what I mean. You see, being a believer in Christ is fairly simple. Because there's nothing I have to do. God already did it for me. Died on the cross for my sins. Forgave me. Gives me his grace. Gives me his love. Gives me his kindness. Gives me every gift that God wants to give. And that's easy. Because there's nothing to do. But becoming a follower of Christ is challenging. See, if I'm, if I'm stuck at just being a believer in Christ, then that means, thank you, God, for what you did. Now, I'm in charge of my life. I'll be in the driver's seat. I'll decide what I'm going to do today. I decide where I spend my money. I decide what my life is going to be about, what my dreams, my aspirations, my goals I'm in the driver's seat, and I can do that by being a believer. And I think a lot of people would say, that's kind of how my life is. I like to be in control of my own life. But God didn't call us to be just a believer. God called us to be a follower. And when you say, I'm going to follow Jesus, that means you slide over into the passenger seat. Now that's hard. That's really hard. That means I give up the right to choose all of those things in my life. I'm going to ask God to make those decisions for me. God, lead me into the career you want me to be in. God, how do you want me to spend my money? 
actually, how do you want me to spend your money, not mine? God, the time that you gave me, you never promised me tomorrow. So what do you want me to do with my time this weekend? Is there something that I'm supposed to do that you want me to do? See, when you're a follower, that means somebody else is leading you. And that's Jesus. That's why we're called, we call ourselves followers of Christ. And when we're Christians, we bear the name of Christ, but when we're a follower, we're a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's different. And that's hard. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, that's hard. Because I don't know how it is in your life, but God and I, we wrestle a lot, you know? He says, okay, who's driving? You. Until he starts going where I don't want him to go. And then I grab the wheel, and he says, wait, who's driving? You are. Well, I got my hand on the wheel. Let go of the wheel. No, I don't want to let go of the wheel, because you might take me where I don't want to go. But that's what a follower is. And I think we're probably most comfortable like sitting real close to that wheel and kind of keeping a hand on that wheel so that we can sort of be in control. But that's not a follower of Christ. You're back to the believing side that you're a believer, but now you want to stay in control of your own life. And it's scary when you say we're going to follow. It's scary. It's downright scary. Because what does it mean? God never tells you what it's going to mean. God says, you go for the ride, and let me take you where you're going. All right, let's look at Mark chapter 1. Find verse 14. It's called the calling of the first disciples. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, the northern region, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. He told them to do two things. What are they? Repent and believe the good news. All right, repentance means if I'm going in this direction, repentance means that I stop and I go the opposite direction. If I'm moving away from God, if I'm going, if, if I'm walking away from God, God says repent. That means turn around and start walking towards God. And that's a daily factor for us because God says I want you to go here but if we're going there God says would you please repent and come back to where I want you to go Joan is a great classic case of God said go to Nineveh he went to Tarshish he went the opposite and God says no repent turn around Go the other way, and go the way that I want you to go. And there's going to be this holy tension between your will and God's will for your life. And he came and said, repent and believe. Verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Okay, what did Jesus say? Follow me, you're going to be, what? Fishers of men. Did they know what that meant? No, they really didn't know what that, mean, what that meant. And Jesus didn't say, all right, let me explain what it is. 
They didn't say, whoa, whoa, Jesus, could you spell out the terms, please? Could you write it all down so that we know exactly what to expect from you? And then we'll make a decision on whether or not we're going to follow you. But they didn't do that. He said, come follow me. And they left. Something changed. And I think there's a litmus test for you and I. If you're a follower of Christ, what have you given up? What are you doing differently? And if you're not doing anything differently, are you really following Christ? Because there should be this, this tension going on between what I want and what God wants. And there's going to always be that tension because God always wants us to follow. And even when we're following, God's going to stretch us to keep following. We're starting a new series. It's a series called Come See, Go Tell. Or Come See, Go Be. And I'll explain that. Turn, if you will, to, you're on the same place, but look at Matthew, which is the page earlier. Matthew chapter 28, verse 6. Would you read it with me? This is when uh, that Mary went into the tomb and saw the angel, and they were looking for Jesus, and, and the angel said something to Mary. Uh, say it with me in verse 6, 28, verse 6. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples. You could stop there. It's a new series because what we want you to do throughout the summer is to come and see Jesus. We're going to be going through Mark, the Gospel of Mark. Take the time on a daily basis to read through Mark. It's only 16 chapters. So that you know where we're headed in this series. And what we're going to do is, is every time we're together, we're going to talk about a characteristic of Jesus. And then we're going to send you out of here and say, now go be Jesus to everybody that you meet this summer. And then when we see you again, come on back. We're going to talk about another characteristic of Jesus. And then we're going to send you out of here and say, now go be that person that Jesus is calling you to be until we see you again. Now, I don't know how it is in your life, but... When God says, come follow me, sometimes that's kind of easy. You just do. But have you ever had this in your life? I mean, I do. This is just sin. This is just me being totally honest. Have you ever been caught in sin? Trapped in sin? You know you're doing something wrong? It could be an attitude. It could be something that you're, you're actually doing or not doing. And you know it's wrong, and you're caught in that. And I say caught because it's almost like your feet become in cement. And God says, come follow me, and you go, I can't. Because I know what I'm doing isn't right. And if you've ever experienced that, you know the first step, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, is to do what Jesus said, repent. That means you got to say, God, forgive me. I don't want to do this anymore. Set me free from that cement. Free me so that I can follow you. Because as long as we're 
trapped in some sin, whatever it is. It could be big, it could be little. We're stuck. And you can't follow Christ. You can't even listen to him. Until finally you say, all right, God, enough is enough. That's what happened to me this week. Enough is enough, God. I don't want to do this anymore. And then God sets us free. And we start at the cross, and we say, forgive me. And then we move on. Well, Jesus didn't just call Peter and Andrew. Let's go on. Here's another one, verse 19. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. If God called you today and said, come follow me, could you do that? Could you just like walk away and just say, I, I'm going to follow God. I want to follow wherever. Do you know one of the reasons why we can't follow God one of those reasons is financially. You know, there's people that God's put on your heart that he wants you to go follow him and go do something, and you're trapped in terms of finances, and you can't be all that God wants you to be. This fall, we're going to be kicking off. We're going to invite you and encourage every person in the faith family to get out of debt in the next five years, completely and totally out of debt, so that as a church... As an individual, you can go where God calls. You can follow God, and if God says, all right, go, you can say, I can go. I can go. If God says, I want you to go to Japan for six months, you can say, I can go. I'm good. My family's going to be fine. Whatever God's calling you to do, we want you to make sure that you're able to do. But God never said it was going to be easy to follow him. You know, analysts have said recently that we've, we've shifted from a Christian country. Then for the last 20 years, we've been what we've called a post-modern society. And that's been the catchphrase. We're now entering into a brand new, transitioning into a post-Christian era in this country. We're just entering. And what does that mean for you and I? It means there's never been a time like now that we follow Christ. Never. God says in Matthew chapter 5, he said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. As our country, little by little, is starting to seem more dark without Christ, you and I, wherever we go, we shine. You can't help it. You just do. Are you trying to fit in so that people don't see Christ in you? Or are you just letting Christ shine? Do you remember the story of the transfiguration? Jesus took Peter, James, and John, took these three guys, except for Andrew, took them up a mountaintop in Luke chapter 9. And, he, and while they were up on the mountaintop, all of a sudden Jesus' clothes became dazzling white, like lightning. And they were looking at him, and it was a dark sky. And they were like, wow, is he bright. And all they were seeing was Jesus for who he really was. He just shined. God wants us to be who we are, authentic, 
real believers in Christ so that everywhere we go, we shine and let Christ's light shine. I went to breakfast a couple months back, and uh, it was really cool. I mean, it was something that um, I had never experienced before. The person that I went with, while we were sitting there, and, and somebody came up to the table, you know, to take care of us, and they said, hey, we're going to pray before we eat. What can we pray for you? And I thought, whoa, that was cool. And you know what? Little did we know that this waitress was carrying all these burdens. And she welled up with tears and she started to cry and she just said, this is going on in my life. And we were, we were overwhelmed. And we just prayed for her. And that was one of those times I'm like, that was so cool. Just be Jesus. That's all. Just be Jesus. I really enjoy, one thing I enjoy doing when I write these messages, I always go, uh, I try to always go to like a public place. So this is a Burger King message that you're getting today. A couple weeks ago it was a McDonald's message, but this is a Burger King message. And, and I, I just sit in, in Burger King because I just watch and I pray and I pray for the people that are sitting around and I saw so many isolated people they just sat kind of off by themselves wondering what's going on in their life are they walking with Christ are they running from Christ do they know Christ because God has hopes and dreams for every one of them and for you and I. And he's called us wherever we are not to be religious. He's called us to be a follower of Christ. To be authentic as a follower of Christ. And to lift people in prayer and encourage them along the way in their journeys. As part of this message series about following Christ, because we're going to follow him, and we're encouraging you to follow him. We're setting you free. Here's what we mean by that. I know that seems a little weird. But this summer, don't apologize if you're not here on Sunday morning. We want you to go. If you're camping, go camp. Go camp on Sunday morning. Because we want you to take Christ into the campground. If God puts on your heart that you're supposed to go somewhere on a Sunday morning, then go there and go be Jesus. When you're vacationing, go be Jesus. Because there's somebody that you might encounter there that needs Christ and their eternity is dependent on it. Go be Jesus. And then when we see you again, if we see you, let's just say we see you in two weeks, uh, come on back and worship, and we promise we're going to do everything we can as teachers to fill you up with Christ, to fill you with God's Word, so that you can be filled up and you can go out and be Jesus again. But let me caution you it's too easy to drift. Watch this summer that you're not drifting away from God. 
And if you're drifting away from God, then please, you're going to want to be back here because what you don't want to do is isolate yourself. God talks about that. And in fact, forewarns us about the, that Satan is always looking for someone to devour. And he always takes the person that's isolated. But get filled up and go be Jesus. And if you find yourself drifting, then get back here sooner than later. But if God is filling you up and you're, God's prompting you to follow him wherever he leads you, then go. And we're releasing, don't, don't feel like in your conscience, oh, I gotta be at church, I gotta be at church, because that's what you do on Sunday morning. If God's saying, no, this Sunday, I want you to take your family out to eat, because there's somebody there that needs you. Then you go be Jesus. The messages are going to be online so that you can get filled up online. I would encourage you this summer to spend more time than you've ever spent before in God's Word and get filled up on a daily basis. Read through the Psalms. Read through the Gospel of Mark. Set yourself a goal. And every day, every day, open your Bible up and get filled up with God's Word. Even if it's a verse a day, then you get filled up with a verse a day. And then take that verse of the day and say, God, what do you want me to do today? Maybe memorize that verse. Maybe if you haven't been memorizing God's word, this summer might be a great time to memorize a verse a day, a verse a week. Get filled up with God's word. And then let's go be Jesus to a world that needs him so desperately. And you're like that, you're, you're like like walking into a dark room and you're, you've got a flashlight. And that's how it is for those who know Christ. That people notice there's something about you. Be who you are. Follow Jesus. Come see Jesus. Go be Jesus. Now, if I could ask this too, let's also be biblical Christians. And what does that mean? You know that God says, set aside a portion of your income. Set it aside. That's what God tells us to do. Don't forget about the church financially. But in the process, we want to set you free this summer to go bring Christ to people that normally wouldn't be here. And don't feel bad about it. In fact, here'd be my encouragement to you look for the God stories. And come back and relay the God stories and say, you know what? Ed, this is what we did. God took us this place and this is what God did. Because God may want to lead you and you haven't been following. And this summer, go follow. And go be Jesus. And watch what God does in you. Watch what God does through you. To make an eternal difference in someone's life. Are you ready to do that? Say amen. amen. Let's, let's pray. God, you're asking us to follow you. We want to follow God. Father, may we listen to your voice, and that means we're going to read your word every day. We're committed to that. We're going to start opening up your word and reading it on a daily basis. You said to Peter and Andrew, follow me. And they did. You said to James and John, follow me. And they did. You're saying to us, follow me. May we follow you, God. May we follow you wherever you lead us, throughout the week or even on, on Sunday morning. Wherever it is that you take us, 
We pray that we would lead and we, or we would follow obediently. And that we might be on a mission, that wherever you lead us, especially on a Lord's Day morning, that we might be obedient to you and go where you're going and go where you're leading and we might consciously think about we're going to be Jesus today for those who don't know you and bring that love of Christ to every person that we meet, whether it's on the water, whether it's in an amusement park, whether it's in a restaurant, whether it's in a campground, wherever it is that you take us, we're listening. Lead us to go where you want us to go, to be the people you want us to be, that you might use us to reach one more life with you, Jesus. We ask all this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. And God's people said, Amen.